Hello, everybody, and welcome to In the Know, the Coloradoans Weekly Podcast. It's January 18th, and it sounds like we're in for some nice weather for a few days. Sometimes it's hard to believe we're in the middle of winter. Other days, such as this past Martin Luther King Jr. Day, it's pretty obvious. My name is Kevin Dugan. I'm a senior reporter and columnist for the Coloradoan. As usual, we'll be talking about the stories that were most read on coloradoan.com during the last week, as well as those that had the most community impact. It's been an interesting week in terms of stories that grabbed our readers' attention. Topping the list was the story about a ranger finding the body of 41-year-old Kimberly Graves at Lori State Park. She was last seen alive December 4th. Her car was found abandoned in an old town parking garage and her home appeared to have been ransacked. Fort Collins police are investigating the homicide and continue to seek the public's help in determining what happened to Graves. My colleague Casa Niedrinhouse will be here shortly to give us an update on that story. Coloradoan reporter and podcast guru Eric Nudell had a popular story about Jordan and Annie Oberman, a Fort Collins company that owns a local home design build firm called Forge and Bow. The Obermans' work renovating a house in East Fort Collins was featured on HGTV through a pilot episode of their potential show, House Perfect. Another hot story by Jake Laxon revealed that Bassetti's Ristorante will be closing at the end of January. The Italian-themed restaurant at 120 South College Avenue has operated in Fort Collins for 39 years. Co-owners Heather and Robert Bassetti said they were ready to retire from the restaurant business and recently sold the building. Bassetti's is a landmark in Old Town and it will be missed. I have to admit I haven't been there for a long time, but I'm going back to say goodbye later this week. Readers also were interested in a story about the arrest of a driver involved in a car crash that killed two people in November. Connor Givens, 19, of New Mexico, was arrested and jailed for his alleged role in the crash that killed 47-year-old Kelly Cortez and her 17-year-old son, Joshua Cortez. Joshua was a junior at Poudre High School. Givens has been charged with two counts of felony vehicular homicide. Police say Joshua Cortez was driving south on Giddings Road through its intersection with Richards Lake Road when he was hit broadside. Givens was allegedly speeding as he headed eastbound on Richards Lake Road and failed to stop at the intersection at Giddings Road. This intersection is at the extreme northeast edge of Fort Collins. Police say Givens was driving about 84 miles an hour. The speed limit there on Richards Lake Road is 40 miles an hour. He is scheduled to appear in court later today. And finally, business reporter Pat Ferrier had a well-read piece in Sunday's Coloradoan about how the local economy continues to outperform the national economy in several areas. Casa Niedringhaus is joining me now to give us an update on the Kimberly Graves story. Casa, thank you for joining us, and I know you've been working hard on this. What can you tell us? Yeah, so we've been working on following this case and figuring out what kinds of updates we could publish, and we'd recently been contacted by a friend of Kimberly Graves who said that he had a little bit more information about how the early stages of the investigation unfolded, and so we talked to him a little bit about what it was like in those first days when she went missing, and he described 
getting text messages from her and then having those kind of fall off and he started to get concerned and some of the other friends started to get concerned as days went by and they hadn't heard from Kimberly and so they ended up going to her house on the night of December 8th and they discovered that her back door had been broken a lot of her stuff was strewn about her house and her dog Honey Bear was there in the house and he said that even if she would leave she would always have plans for Honey Bear so that was one of the concerns is that the door's broken and then that her dog is there and nobody's really been tasked with taking care of her and so at that point they called police and we'd previously reported that police conducted what they call a welfare check on that night uh, but they didn't enter the home and so police have said they didn't go in the home and didn't do uh, go onto the property because they didn't have a search warrant and they didn't have what are called exigent circumstances, which is proof that some kind of injury or crime had happened. Um, and so they performed what's called a welfare check, knocked on the door, weren't able to contact Kimberly or the homeowner, and so at that point they left. And then on December 10th, one of the friends returned and found more damage. So it looked like somebody had come back and had caused more damage inside the house. They're describing mattresses being overturned and sliced open and a lot more chaos inside the house. And so at that point, they called police again, and that's when police performed what they call a protective sweep and went through the house. So that was kind of a new detail for us that it sounds like the house had been ransacked earlier than we'd previously been aware of, but there was less damage or less, less of an extent of damage as what police were reporting on December 10th. Well, what are police saying about their investigation? Yeah, so police are saying that they did everything within legal bounds. They said the, they didn't enter the home that first night when friends were concerned because they didn't have the legal standing to do so. And they said that they treat all their victims with compassionate professional service. And so the concern this friend had raised was that he felt like they should have gone in that first night and he was concerned that they waited two days. But police are saying they did what they needed to do. Uh, they didn't have exigent circumstances and they were waiting to meet stringent legal guidelines to be able to do that and so after that point they continued to investigate and we haven't gotten a lot of updates from them since uh, the last update we published they had some clarification in this story that we're publishing today but they didn't have a lot of major case updates at this point so we do know that the coroner has ruled Kimberly Graves's death a homicide the coroner is also supposed to release the cause and date of death but they're still investigating that so we haven't gotten that update either so we're still waiting for a lot of big pieces of this case uh, to come together well, Caso, what have you learned about Kimberly Graves? I've spoken with some of Graves' friends who described her as this really warm person and really had a great smile. They said she was really compassionate and giving, and that's something that I've heard from multiple friends is that she was just this really kind and giving woman. Uh, her mother recently spoke to Nine News, E.C. Waller is her name, and she described her as well and said, you know, she's this mother of two children, a 16-year-old daughter and a 7-year-old son. And the quote that really struck me is she said, they were her world and she was ours, beautiful inside and out. And I think that really sums up some of the stuff that we've learned about her. And it sounds like she was just someone who's really beloved her friends and her family and this community. And police have continued asking for tips. So if people have any tips about the case, they're asked to either contact Fort Collins Police or Larimer County Crime Stoppers to help wrap this case up. Thanks, Casa. We'll look forward to your updates on this very sad story. Well, that's just about a wrap for this week's segment of In the Know.
Stories to look for in the coming week include a piece by Jake Laxon on how the Fort Collins marijuana industry has matured and the acceptance of it by an organization that just a few years ago fought against the establishment of marijuana dispensaries in town. In the Know can be found online at coloradoan.com, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcast. Let us know what you think about our podcast. You can find our contact information online at coloradoan.com. I'm Kevin Dugan. Thanks for listening.